So, you know, Emily, season six is coming up pretty soon, like February. I know. Can you believe it? Season Season six. six. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But this episode with Jennifer Andrews was so important. We didn't want to wait until February. I agree. It's it's really compelling. It's relevant. It has been relevant for yeah. almost a year now. Yeah. But even so, more so now, as we are like on this cusp of a transition with COVID, you know, right. it, right. it, it like has been the a vaccines right there, but we're not all getting it yet. And mm-hmm. but COVID is still out there and people are still dying from it and people are still getting sick. People are still like worried. I mean, we still wear our masks. We still socially distance. And our friend Jennifer, who you'll hear on this episode, she had COVID pretty bad. Yeah. Like, it really bad. demonstrates the range of of dynamics that we have with COVID. Yeah. And we wanted you, our listeners, to hear this episode so that you could hear from somebody who has survived it, but who who is still dealing with the side effects and the ramifications of having COVID and and to take it to continue to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, gosh, I want to have the vaccine tomorrow. I want to get it tomorrow, mm-hmm. but I know I'm like down the line, you know, and stuff like that. But I want, I just wanted our listeners to hear this and, and you and I decided that it was too important to wait. So, yeah. so that's why we're, li- we're releasing this episode a little ahead of time. Um, and we hope you listen and enjoy. <laughs> I mean, with, not, I, I think that enjoy is the wrong word. Well, you know, beyond it being a COVID story, which it most certainly is, Jennifer is an amazing woman, yeah. you know? And so yeah. you'll enjoy getting a chance to meet her yeah, and understand why she's a good friend. Yeah. And just listen to the, listen to her story. Take what you can. Stay safe. Wear your mask. This is serious. It's still serious until... All of us are vaccinated. So, um, yeah. And we'll see you soon in season six in February. February. Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, 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 Emily. How are you today? Hey, 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 Michelle. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be in the studio. We have been taking a little respite with uh, being in between seasons a couple of weeks off, and we've had to shuffle a few things around here and there, so it's been a little while since we've been in the studio, and man, it feels good. I walked in, I'm like, oh yeah, we're back. (laughs) You forget how much you miss it till you walk in. Oh man, it's really awesome. How are you? I'm doing well, yeah. It's a... It's a nice day, um, nice day to be in the studio. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah. We, um, it's a timely conversation and an important conversation for us to have. So I'm I'm very excited about that. And uh, yeah. I guess we'll kind of maybe just jump right into Let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. We have um, joining us today via Zoom as a good friend of mine from, oh, Back in my partying days. <laughs> so just a few months ago. Well, definitely pre-COVID. pre-COVID definitely pre-COVID <laughs> times. A friend of mine named Jennifer Andrews, and uh, she has graciously decided uh, agreed to join us today because she's going to give us her firsthand experience and account of what it's been like dealing with um, having the coronavirus. So welcome to Clearly yeah. Speaking, Jennifer. Well- Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> One, uh, it's a little different than just sitting around drinking vodka in uh, and Red Bull or vodka iced tea or vodka. <laughs> but in today we're having, um, yeah, we hot are we are having hot toddies. When we had a preliminary conversation with Jen, and she shared that she loved the hot toddies. I was like, oh my gosh, that is my go-to. I'm not feeling well. Drink. And so I thought, let's join her in spirit and pour some hot toddies for this conversation. So cheers, cheers. ladies. Cheers. cheers. Yeah. Here it's, we go. Let's just, mm-hmm. it's very tasty. Mm, it's very festive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a counter idea to thinking this is this comforting drink to help us when we're sick. Like it feels like you're at a 
holiday soiree. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really smooth. What tea are you using? It's a blend of a black tea and a peppermint tea. Okay. And then, you know, brandy and orange, fresh orange juice, honey, you know. Yeah, yeah if, I, if I didn't have anything, any sniffles or anything like that, I might just go ahead and develop them just because I'm yeah. drinking the hot toddy. So Something yummy. like that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what kind of panty is a hot toddy? Oh, I, <laughs> girl. <laughs> a I COVID would, hot toddy. <laughs> I, would, I would say probably, you know, the the biggest pair you got that you'll never show anybody in person that you can wrap underneath you, all your blankets and your yeah. sweatpants and you, pretty much what, you know, people have been wearing. You hike them through, up high. Hike them up high. <laughs> You, know, you get comfy. <laughs> they could be, you know, dingy colored, you know, because they, you know, they were they pink. I don't know. They Who might, cares? they might have been gray. They could have been blue, but they're just they're your hot toddy panties. Like <laughs> yeah. So, um, I had talked with uh, Emily about having Jennifer on the show when I was seeing um, the posts you were making on Facebook when you were in the hospital, and uh, I was really. Um, I was touched by the honesty that you you were just speaking like this is what's going on people um, you weren't preaching it was just really really truth and I said I wonder if she would come on the show and let's talk about your experience because you know we hear we hear the um, you know newscasters or people like this person had it or I've been talking to this nurse this doctor and sometimes we just need to hear from somebody that's like us, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, it could, it could be you, it could be me. Um, and so I would, I'm just yeah. thinking it'd be a pretty powerful to, to share this experience with our listeners. I agree. And I want to just add a sentiment here too. Um, you know, when Michelle shared the story and, and you, you know, your experience, Jen, it, it's, uh, it, it's so varied the experiences that we're hearing and, you know, it, I was so, again, moved by your honesty about it and vulnerability and sharing your perspective on all different layers. But I think I was really shook because, you know, we are we hear like, oh, my experience was just like a cold or various things. You never hear it. Right. And you have like this other completely different inside look, you know, coming at it from, you know— this a completely different perspective of wow this is it this is the other side seriously. of it right it really does and i think if we hear you know people are like oh it's just you know you'll be down for a few days and you'll, you'll bounce right back I, I you may not take it as serious as you need to and you know the vaccine is out people are getting the vaccine but it's still important to to hear these stories, to remember every day to put your mask on. But I, I'll stop preaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, so box is gone. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll step down. And uh, Emily asked you before we started that how long you had been you've been dealing with the um, the like when. Symptoms. Let's just start from the beginning. Like when did you know you had COVID, and what happened? Well, I didn't really even know that I had it to start. Um, I had one symptom and one symptom only that I didn't even think about it being COVID. And I went to urgent care for that symptom and it was just tightness in my chest. I didn't have a fever. I didn't feel bad, but I had this weird tightness in my chest that kept getting worse. I didn't have a cough, nothing. And so I went to urgent care and they scanned my lungs. I I have had history of blood clots before, so that was my concern. And my lungs were perfectly clear. Um, So that's when they decided to do a COVID test. And I was positive and I was completely shocked. Wow. Mm. That was October the 9th or 10th-ish. And mild case, go home, take care of yourself. And that's what I did. And I I don't know how far forward you want to go, but I was pretty okay. I I really was okay for probably about five days, six days. At home. And then at home, and it was all downhill after that, really fast. And you had been of one of the hyper-conscious 
you know, very diligent prior to that. Do you have any feeling about how you got it? I think that everybody wants to know how you got it. Everybody, I I don't know that if you ever really can know how you got COVID unless you're 100% in the house all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can really ever know. I work from home 100%. I don't even go grocery shopping. Um, I I mean, I occasionally have to get gas in my car. Maybe I got it at the gas pump. But Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of doctor's appointments. And so my best guess is at one of those appointments, maybe walking, riding in the elevator. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Yeah. Mm. So six days after you were diagnosed, things went downhill pretty fast. What do you, what could you tell us right. more about that? Right. So that's when I started getting all the symptoms, the, the symptoms that we all know about. But I will say that I have never lost my smell or taste. And I never got a sore throat, but I did get everything else. So it started with a fever primarily was my first clue. I was like, oh, shoot. And I kept watching my fever go up and up and up. It went as high as like 101.8, I think was the highest that it went. But for me, um, someone who I never have a fever, even when I'm the sickest of sick, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but (laughs) um, I, I had a fever. So that was that was a shock to me. And then I started watching that, but then also it became harder and harder to breathe for me. Mm-hmm. That's and scary. I, I, my lungs were clear per scan, you know, I was fine. Why am I not able to breathe now? And so I got the pulse oximeter thing that you put on your finger. And my doctor was coaching me pretty much every day, all the way. Um, he was keeping a, a great eye on me via zoom and all of that but that's good he said he said just keep an eye on it and he said if it goes below 90 then you need and it stays there then you need to go to the emergency room so i'm checking it you know check it once a day all right i'm checking it once a day but i am really starting to struggle here so he says okay check it a couple times a day okay so i check it a couple times a day it's still you know low 90s and but i'm struggling really bad okay, check it every hour. So I check it every hour. And that's when I was just, I just, it went down very fast. If I got up and walked around, if I took a shower, if I did anything, it would go into the seventies. And it was really hard for me to breathe. So that's when I decided to go to the hospital. Normally we're at a hundred percent on those, like a healthy person. Are we at a hundred percent? You should be, but you know, 98 to 100 is okay. good. I'm usually 96. So. Okay. But this was this was significant and and scary. And then did you call an ambulance? I mean, what? How did you did you decide to go, or did your doctor say go to the go to the ER? I decided to go. Um, my oxygen didn't. Again, it only went below 90 when I was moving. If I was sitting, it would hover around 91. 92, but I was just struggling so much. I knew something, I, I couldn't, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And, but then it became the question of, okay, so I've got COVID. I know I have it already. They told me I did. And I need to go to the emergency room. That's 20, 25 minutes away. How do I get there? I mm-hmm. feel like crap, to be honest. Yeah. I can't breathe, but I have COVID. I can't call anybody and say, hey, Take Let me. me ride in your car with yeah. COVID, you know. Yeah. And then, and then, honestly, I thought about calling the ambulance, but then I, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize how bad it was because I thought, well, they're gonna give me some medicine or something and send me home. How am I gonna get home? And from the hospital, yeah. <laughs> so I waited for a fleeting moment, um, a very fleeting moment, when I had enough energy to get up the stairs, mm. and uh, that's when I took myself to the emergency room. And were you just? In, oh. Oh no, I mean, I was just like, were you just freaked out and scared the whole time you were driving? That, or I would I have been. Don't really, I don't really remember mm. getting there. I think mm-hmm. I got there on a wing and a prayer, honestly. Yeah, and mm. so you were admitted, weren't you? At that point, in I time? was admitted. Yeah. pretty pretty quickly. And um, 
I, I remember hearing a little bit about this experience in our first conversation and just kind of the loneliness of this. Like you, you, you talk about like, okay, I'm not going to ask a friend to take me to the ER because, yeah. you know, you don't want to infect them. And now you're in the hospital and you're getting checked in. You are already visiting your doctor via Zoom. Like, what is the experience of, uh, do you still get contact with people? <laughs> and what is that like? And how do you feel throughout that interaction? Uh, so, yes, it's, it's very lonely because I think automatically we, when we're sick, we want somebody to help us and take care of us or yeah. bring us some soup or, you know, something. Rub and my back. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't do that. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty daunting just getting myself to the hospital. And then, um, you know, they, even back then at the beginning of October, they, they admitted me, but they didn't have a bed for me. So I spent 11 hours in the emergency room and that was pretty interesting speaking of being lonely because they don't they knew I had COVID so they they put you in a room and they basically seal that room off Mm. they don't even come in and out um they'll call you on the phone in the room and you talk to them that way oh my gosh what if you had to use a bathroom that's 11 11 hours in one I mean I would have had to use the bathroom like three four times right did you did you have to like how did, I mean, did they let you go to another, to the restroom or? No, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have to go in 11 hours. So I guess that's a good just, thing. I don't you know. just held it. I, um, no, I, you know, I didn't think about that, but no, I didn't have to have to worry about that. Okay. So, but it, the doctor did come in one time and of course he was dressed in his space suit with all the garb and everything. And, um, you know, and, and it, it was kind of like he couldn't wait to get out of there, and I don't blame him. He's, you know, mm-hmm. got to stay well and take care of all the other patients. But um, that was pretty much it. And so from from that moment on, I was pretty much by myself because even when they get you to a room, again, it's the same kind of thing. They'll call you on the phone as many times as they can instead of coming in your room, and they limit the in and out. Um, and then in the room, you've got your own fancy filtration system, which is really loud and you can't hear yourself think. So you can't even hear yourself think or hear the TV in your own room. And it's that um, loud. seven days of that was pretty maddening. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if you have the wherewithal to bring like noise canceling headphones and if you're in that situation, do it. But my goodness, you, I mean, I wouldn't have known that the, filtration system was so loud that you wouldn't be able to hear a TV. Because you're, you, they're trying to constantly have you with fresh air, right? So they're yeah, taking they're, your they're air. they're sucking the air. Zero gravity, I think is what they called it or something. Um, so it sucks the germs and the air out. Trying Where to does keep it, it go? Where do they pipe it to? Outside. So well, they there could have, be yeah, a whole have, wing of the yeah. building with COVID being blown out of it. How does that work? No, so it's at least so it's, go, it's further than six feet away, you know. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> oh, I think Jen. if you go to the hospital now, you'll see on the outside. If you pay attention now, you'll see these pipes on the outside that they go somewhere. I don't know where they go, but that's the air coming out of the rooms, and they're going somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Yikes! Who, that's um, it's probably an X Files episode waiting oh, to be written on what they do with the COVID air. <laughs> so you, um, what did you feel like when you were drove yourself to the hospital and you walked in? I mean, you, I mean, you, you told us on our our pre interview uh, that it was pretty scary. Well, it was. It was scary, but also, mind you, I can't breathe, and I have to park my car and walk to the emergency room door. And I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? Um, I don't know. And they they even had the handicapped spaces blocked off, so you couldn't even get that close to the building. Um, so that was the part I think that I that scared me the most because I'm I already can't breathe, and how am I how am I going to get? It's so close, but so far. Yeah. How am I? to get there and I did have to stop a couple times um and I finally made it to the bench 
drive outside the front door and I had to sit down and breathe before it even went in the door. I was that close that I couldn't, I had to sit down again and, and wait. So. Were you ventilated? I'm sorry? Were you ventilated? I was not. Mm-mm. Yeah. So was it supplemental oxygen or how did they help you with your... Yeah. During the stay, I got as high as eight liters of oxygen, which was pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did give me the plasma infusion with antibodies and the remdesivir infusions for five days. Um, that I truly believe saved my life. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I would be here. I don't think I would. They said that my lungs looked like they were filled with shards of glass. So oh I had gosh. the shards of glass type of pneumonia with COVID um, that's different than regular pneumonia. And um, you said, yeah, your lungs pr- look pretty sick. So I get, I ended up having pneumonia, which five days before urgent care had done a scan and my lungs were perfectly clear. So it literally five wow, days. Rapid. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Five, six days. And if you had not chosen to go that day, you know, you may not be here today. If you had, I mean, it's almost like you, you couldn't wait any longer. And if, you know, sometimes we, as I'm going to say generally as women, sometimes we just like, oh, you know, wait a little bit longer. I'm not, yeah. we kind of put things off or, you know, we'll tough it, tough it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what I'm hearing from, from you and, you know, reading other people's um, experiences is that you, this is not something you need to, um, uh, waste any time with mm-hmm. yeah no I, I think the the important part for everyone to know and this is not I'm not a doctor clearly but you know is they can't treat COVID they're not going to treat you for COVID per se at the hospital COVID can be treated at home but it's the complications from COVID that can happen so fastly that everyone needs to keep an eye out for and you know that's what happened to me and it happened really fast and I don't think that I would be here had I waited any longer. I, yeah. I don't. I think I waited as long as I possibly could, and I probably shouldn't have waited that long. You, um, did you think you would be leaving the hospital when you arrived? Yeah, I mean, I thought they were just going to take two of these and call me in the morning. Mm-hmm. and Give you a steroid I, injection or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just, I was surprised how bad I must have been without even, I mean, I knew I was struggling, obviously I knew, but I don't know. I guess I just didn't get it. And when, when the, the hospitalist offered me the infusions, they hadn't even been approved yet by the FDA. Now they are, but at that time they weren't approved, but apparently WashU had been using them for some time with some success and they felt, you know, enough about, about it to keep offering it to the patient. So I had to sign, you know, a waiver because it's not approved. And, you know, I didn't know how I felt about that at the time because I really didn't know much about it. So they gave me all this paperwork to read before I signed and asked questions. And the hospitalist basically looks at me and she's like, you know, you need to do this. Yeah. (laughs) This is where it might be helpful if you can to have an advocate, you know, because you're, you're thinking through things. When you're oxygen deprived, which is challenging, you're sick, you've got a fever that's, you know, you've got layers of things that are going to compromise how you feel and think about things. And of course, you know, we're dealing with a, a, a an illness that's unprecedented. So how do we make decisions on something we don't know anything about? You know, it's... It's almost like how can you have your phone a friend lined up <laughs> that can help help you, you know, Matt, like work your way through some of this stuff. So it's kind of like if you think about um, when when a woman is preparing to have a baby and then she knows she's going to be going into labor. Uh, and so she has her her overnight bag already packed, everything she wants. It's just kind of morbid. But like if every family had like their covid bag already packed with all their information in it right and then it's just Mm. it's just there in case you need to like head to the hospital and have your noise canceling headphones and Mm. you know things like that um 
Here's you know, my phone I hope a friend. <laughs> yeah, <you're, laughs> you know, it's like I've already done the research on remdesivir and the plasma yeah. infusion, and I want all of that, or you know, and like have everything lined up so that you because you are by yourself. You I mean you can't your your mom, your dad, your spouse, you know, yeah. your best friend can't be there to you know make to to speak for you, um, and that's that's just really you know, it's, it's a it's. It's it's kind of it's lonely and lonely scary, and and uh, there's a bigger word that mm-hmm. hasn't come out of my out of my my brain yet. But um, so you were in the hospital seven days. I was on oxi- um, with oxygen. Mm-hmm. But so and the part I forgot is is when I went there, I couldn't breathe so much that I I didn't have a voice. I couldn't have a conversation. I couldn't even. I wouldn't, you couldn't, I couldn't talk. Um, I could say one word or a couple at a time and I'd have to, you know, try to breathe. My goodness. So So now, you know, you're home, you're doing better, you're dealing with long-term implications, which I kind of want to explore a little bit. But I'm curious how this has impacted you socially. I mean, I know we're all not being very social right now, but, you know, we have, you know, our quarantine partners that we trust, you know, how, knowing that you've been in and out of the hospital, have had this, how has it impacted your relationships? Um, I think the impact that I've had has been more from the long-term effects, and we haven't talked about those, but I pretty much have to wait to see how I feel from day to day, almost hour to hour sometimes. So making plans and canceling them is not something that I did before. And now I do that too much. Um, And then most of the time I just don't feel like, and when I say plans, you know, COVID limited plans, you you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, go for a walk um, outside or go sit on the (laughs) bench with somebody. Whatever we do these days. Um, But I think that's where most, most of it comes from. I mean, I, I think I was always careful before, so that part hasn't changed for me um, and limiting, you know, who I'm around, when I'm around them, where I'm at. That that hasn't changed because I was already doing that before, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Do they, have they, the doctors said that you are, and this, the wrong word is immune, but do they worry that you could catch it again? So they said that, you know, I'm good for up to three months and I have tested positive for antibodies. You know, obviously they put them in me and I, I think I had the test probably a month after I got out of the hospital and I did still test positive. But the thing is, is that no one knows how long those antibodies actually last. And it's been actually shown that it's different for every, some people have them up to eight months. Some people have it only a month, have antibodies only a month, but then you have to wonder about the different strains that there are and, and what strain did I have and what am I yeah. protected against? 160,000 plus, right? Uh, that's what, that's what yeah. you said, yeah. yeah. 160,000 different strains of the COVID virus. Yeah. Which would explain why some people might say, oh, it was just like allergies, mm-hmm. you know, versus somebody that ends up with shards of glass pneumonia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people, do, some people, not to make light of it, but there are people that do just have a cold and it goes away and, you know, and, and there's probably more people like that than like me. But considering the fact that I wasn't out in public and for the most part, and I still got it and I ended up like that, you know, yeah. thankfully it wasn't worse than that. That was bad enough. You know, thankfully I didn't end up intubated. And ICU, I was on the ICU floor and it freaked me out when I saw that, when they were rolling me through the hallway and I saw that they were putting me on the ICU ICU floor, but I wasn't in ICU. But, you know, it, it could, you just don't know how it's going to affect one person to the next. And I know they said, you know, younger or older people are more susceptible to severe cases, um, but there's plenty of healthy younger folks that are getting these severe cases as well. So people just really need to be careful. And that's why I've been posting the things that I do. I don't, I very 
aware of what I post on social media. I want you to know what I want you to know is basically Mm -hmm. what I do. But I've been pretty honest and open about this because I want folks to know what the possibilities are, what could happen. Um, It happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a friend whose uh, 25 year old niece is, has been intubated in the hospital and she was, you know, a healthy, healthy young woman. And right. um, hmm. so for, fortunately she's off the ventilator as of today, as of recording today. Oh, but it was probably four days that she was on the ventilator at 25 years old. Yeah. I know, you know? a 19 year old that passed. You know, so like it's, you're right. And and this is a young, vibrant, healthy girl, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it hits home when you know someone who's been there. Yeah, I mean, my son, my 21 year old had it back at the end of July and, uh, you know, we quarantined him in the room and um, he, we didn't go to the hospital, but he, he said he thought he was going to die. He thought it was, it was like the worst feeling he's ever had. Um, mm-hmm. And he, every day he does like a little survey of his body, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what feels right, what feels out, out of, out of sorts. And since then he has gotten a cold and strep throat. And since so he's dealing COVID. with a weakened immune system right now for sure. And I yeah yeah I'm like you just you know um, will he will he it'll just be interesting you know and he's 21 and yeah, what kind of long term effects is going to have on his body and right um, we don't know I remember reading one article back in the spring about them thinking that the the coronavirus can mm-hmm. af- affect fertility know, fertility in, in in men you know yeah. the. You know, will that affect Jacob's ability to have children in the future? You know, I don't, I don't know. We don't know. Well, let's take a real quick break, um, refresh our hot toddies, and then um, we'll come back. We'll talk about some of the long-term effects that you're dealing with, and uh, go through possibly, you know, some some tips for people to to um, be aware of or how to, I guess, manage if they do seem to um, be faced with something. Uh, like you've been faced with. So we'll Sounds be, good. We'll be right back. So you're going to hear from another friend of mine who also experienced COVID. And these are her words as um, read to us by our producer, Denise Naughton. I'm recovering from COVID-19 right now. And I've had a lot of time to think about the experience What I want to say is this, please, please be careful. Cases are skyrocketing. All it takes is one exposure and steadily more people around you will be sick as the infection rates rise. There is no telling how this will hit you, how badly and for how long. And it's not just about whether you will die. How long will you be ill? How miserable will you be? Will you end up in the hospital? And how long will it take to recover? Will you have permanent issues because of it? These are questions I've been asking myself, and having all these concerns top of mind, in addition to feeling horrible, is incredibly stressful. My story? I've been very careful and followed all recommended precautions. Masks, social distancing, hand washing. I caught this at a medical office while I was having glaucoma test. I'm not normally an angry person, but I felt a lot of anger that I've been so careful and I got sick anyway. I've also felt a lot of anger at people who are calling this a hoax and not worried about spreading this. I have no real risk factors other than my age, 51. I take excellent care of my health. I get the flu vaccine annually and rarely get the flu. This is not at all like the flu. Today is day 27, almost four weeks in. I'm past the point where all I could do is sleep. My fever finally ended last week, and I'm no longer coughing all the time. I'm also past the really scary week where, as I watched my pulse ox drop, each day I wondered whether I would need to go to the hospital. I had one friend lined up to care for my dog, and another, who already had COVID, lined up to drive me. Now I'm dealing with extreme fatigue and brain fog. I don't know how long before I'm back to normal. Next week, next month, next year... And I'm trying to work a little, but I have trouble focusing for more than an hour at a time, so that's a challenge. I miss my brain. 
I'm extremely fortunate to have a good job where I can work from home and an understanding boss who wants me to do what I need to recover. I know there's a lot of pandemic fatigue going on and we are headed into colder months where it's harder to socialize indoors and the holiday season where we all want to celebrate together. I know it's easy to think that just one time, just one event, just one person will surely be okay. And it might be, but that's the kicker. You don't know. And if you're wrong, the consequences can be deadly serious for yourself and the people you care about. This is a crazy, unpredictable virus. Please be safe, my friends. And we're back with another round of now warm toddies. <laughs> Not quite hot anymore, but they're still delicious. Yeah, it's uh, it's perfect. Yes, perfect. exactly. Goodness gracious. So... Jennifer, um, when you came home and what has been the most surprising and I guess possibly frustrating aspect of continuing to deal with COVID? So I guess it's kind of a general answer because I have so many issues now that I didn't have before. Um, the most surprising one that I didn't even realize I had until I went to the doctor and they gave me this test. Um, I apparently have some cognitive issues that I didn't know that I had. Um, yeah. You know, COVID brain. Test. Sorry. It's like COVID brain, like like cancer patients like chemo have brain. chemo brain. Yeah. Right. So give, they give me, you know, these tests, you know, say these five words. This is what happened. That shocked me. Repeated them gave me five words. I repeated them again. Then we went and did two other tests, maybe for a total of five minutes. And then he goes, remember those five words that I gave you? What were those words? And guys, not only could I not remember those words, I said, we did what? Wow. And they said, yeah, remember I gave you five words, you repeated them. And then I just kind of went through, he's like, well, one of the words was a color. Do you remember? I'm like, I mean, I can name all the colors, (laughs) but I don't remember doing this at all. I mean, obviously I did because you're telling me and I'm here, but so he's like, yeah, I bet you could remember something from your childhood or, you know, but I can't remember things. Apparently I argue with my GPS now. Um, (laughs) I don't think it knows where it's going. Clearly it does, but I'm, I'm, I get completely disoriented. Um, and I, 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 why, why is it sending me this way? I should have, I should be going south, not north. Um, oh, wow. but I'm going the right way and I got lost five times on the way to get my hair cut the other day and it's on the same street that I live on. <gasps> oh my gosh. Those things are happening and that's, that's shocking and it's not frustrating. Um, that part isn't frustrating to me, but it is shocking. <laughs> oh, Do yeah. they, I guess, you know, asking this question is like, you know, asking somebody to look into a, um, <laughs> What's the ball? I don't even have I crystal just, ball. The crystal ball. But I don't have COVID <laughs> brain, but I certainly can't come up with the words. Um, residual chemo brain, you know, mm-hmm. eight years later. But looking mm-hmm. in a magic crystal ball, crystal ball, like, will it get better? And that's the thing is they can't answer that question. They don't know if it'll get better. Will it go away? We don't know that yet. Um, they they don't know. And so I do. I am going to this long care. COVID clinic that are treating people that have long-term effects and that clinic has opened for that reason so that they can follow these cases. I'm, I'm going there for a year. I go once every three months, but I have many tests and many visits in between with different specialists. So WashU has a long-term care COVID clinic and um, it's been very helpful because I'm learning from people in other states that their doctors aren't believing them, I guess. Hmm. whenever they say they've got these things going on now that they never had before. Um, so yeah. it's, a, it's a good thing to have. Are you, are you kind of feel like the guy in the movie Memento where you have to like write yourself notes yeah. and place them around the house? <laughs> yeah. My phone is my best friend. Everything goes in my phone or I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have animals in your life? What happened if so, when you went away for a while and, 
Yeah, those, those poor guys. I have two little cats, Jesse James and Dirty Harry. Oh. Andrews, and they just, um, I got home and they were sick. Oh, poor um, baby. They were very pitiful and very sick. And oh. they actually both had a respiratory virus. <gasps> so COVID? Interesting. I, you know, the vet doesn't want to say that, but I think it's pretty coincidental. Mm. Um, oh, my goodness. They, they, they've never had, you know, something like that. So. And how are they doing? Do they remember they're getting ready to get up and eat? <laughs> they don't seem to have any long-term effects. They love their food. Do so, they check their Do they yeah. check their little pulse oximeter? You know, every right. day. You know, like put put their paw in. Oh, <laughs> little yeah. So we went to the vet, and that was something that I'm driving. I, you know, I had to have somebody come help me get them in the car. They had to have the people at the place help me get them out of the car because I had my little oxygen tank because I was oh, sent home wow. on oxygen. And I still had to wear two liters of oxygen when I was home, especially if I'm walking around. Um, how, so long do you, how long does that last? I'm, the tank? Yeah. It depends on what tank you have. Um, that tank, it tells you, depends on how many liters you're on, depends on how long it lasts. A day, so. a week, two days? Like, what, like, no. how often are you burning through a tank? Yeah, so two liters would probably have lasted me about four hours. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Are you still on oxygen? I am not. I got rid of the oxygen about a week and a half ago. They came and picked it up, and I said, Good riddance. <laughs> Oh my god. I, I probably still need it when I'm doing activities, um, which could be something as simple as again taking a shower. My oxygen does kind of go down around eighty nine, mm-hmm. but it comes back up really quickly. I have a pulmonary function test this week actually, so they're gonna be looking at all of those things to see what's up. Um I had to wear a heart monitor. And I got some test results back from that. My heart has apparently been affected greatly, which I never had any heart issues at all whatsoever before. Mm. Um, I have the lovely disease where your hair falls out. Oh, alopecia? Telogen effusium or sesluvium, something like that. So it's where it's your body's reaction to trauma. Um, And that's now just happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's several people, I mean, hundreds of people. I belong to this COVID long support group um, and um, hundreds of people that I've seen pictures of, they've lost 80% of their hair. Um, Oh my goodness. And it usually happens about three months after is when the turnaround time is and the worst time is, but then it it does grow back. Okay. So don't know how long or how long it's going to take or how bad it'll affect me it's affecting me now already I, it, yeah it is tell. yeah but it well, is what it is you know i'm i'm here and i can breathe and yeah it's okay. when i had chemo i my hair thinned out quite a bit i never lost it completely but it was it was very very thin and then um when it started to grow back i would put my hand on the top of my head and i could feel all my little baby hairs trying to like mm-hmm. stick through and, like a little stubble <laughs> and it grew right. back like brown and curly and i was like oh this is awesome <laughs> i have brown curly hair for three months and then it went straight back to you know bone straight Right after I bought, like, product for curly hair. <laughs> of course. That's and, all it took. <laughs> and then it went straight. So, um, yeah. So I, oh. I, I, I can identify with that feeling of, of your hair just coming out or mm-hmm. thinning and, like, not without any um, explanation. I even lost it on my eyelashes. Oh, yeah. But I didn't wow. know that the eyelashes were gone. I just thought I had really, really shitty mascara. <laughs> Gotta love love that hope, that little bit of hope. This is just shitty mascara. I kept buying more and more (laughs) shitty mascara. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I appreciate hearing about your your insight with this and uh, you know, it's uh it's it's humbling to really hear it. It just makes I mean I've We've been practicing great caution since the onset of this, but it's kind of this good reminder as we here we are in this season where we're wanting to see everybody. We're tired of not being around our friends, and there's a little bit of a backlash 
to that. Like people are starting to get a little more reckless as a result of it, yet our numbers are still on the climb. So it's a good reminder of how how important it is to be careful, not just for us, but the loved ones that are around us. Well, it feels to me like the, the, the circles of people being affected that I know, like before mm-hmm. it could be like six degrees of Kem- Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah. Now we're more like, you know, one degree. Yep. One degree of, of connection to somebody who has been affected. And then that circle, there's many, you know, you can just turn yeah. around left, right, somebody and every one of your friends groups are going to be connected to somebody. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's frightening and sobering. And also very frustrating when I do see people, especially in like public areas. I mean, you know, when you're in your home, you're in your car, you're you're by yourself in your office and you don't have a mask. That's that's you. Right. But if you're going to be in a public common place. Yeah. And if you're in an office building and you have to walk through a lobby, wear a fucking mask. Yeah. You know, I, I was struck the other day. I was. I, I went to the mall to return something that I had shipped to me. And I, you know, just like walking through it, there are, you know, the stores are practicing social distancing. So they're only letting so many people in, which is great. But the line outside the store is not practicing social distancing. And people were like 50 deep stacked. And they were not six feet apart. Like they were just stacked. And I'm just like, okay. That's wrong on so many levels. How can how can all of these people not realize that they shouldn't be standing that close to one another? Yeah. I, I just was oh my God. I was like, I can't get out of here fast enough. <laughs> there's a there's a um another business on my floor of my office building that the the employees are never wearing their masks when they're in the common area going to the restroom. And I always put the mask on. I leave my office, I have a mask on. If I, you know, go down mm-hmm. and check the mail, go to the little cafe, whatever, you know, I have the mask on. Um, and, I, and I'm so angry when I, and they're younger, they're younger people. And I just get really angry at them. And I haven't said anything because I know it's going to sound like, um, it's going to sound like I'm a really bitchy mom, but it's arrogant and it's selfish of them. It is. I think there needs to be a mask that says wear your mask on the outside of it or, or something like, like hey, that. Asshole, right. Wear a mask. Right. Something like I'm doing it like, you know. You know cuz we have we have people who are dying. Yeah. Today because folks haven't taken it seriously. Dying when we have the vaccine just right, you know, I mean it's we're like, we're eight, 10 months yeah. a year from everybody, you know, being able to be, and I'm putting that in air quotes, vaccinated, yeah. you know? Yeah. It just, that's my, I just got back on my soapbox. Yeah, box. well, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta end cap the show on both sides, right? Uh, just, so if you could tell people who, if, if you gave them like the top two, three things, what would you want the the takeaways from to our, for our listeners today, Jennifer? I would ask that people, like you've mentioned, take it seriously. Uh, it can progress, and you don't know if you get it that you're going to be one of those people that gets it really bad or that doesn't. And so, why take the chance? Why would you do that? I, I don't know. Um, so just. Take it seriously. Wear your mask, even if you don't like to. It's not fun. Nobody likes it, but just, you know, wear your mask. And if you do happen to get it, um, watch your O2. That's very important, and that's what I've told everyone. That's the most important. You can only treat the symptoms, but watch your O2. Watch your oxygen levels for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, will you keep us posted on um, how you're doing? If there's, if there's anything like, um, you know, oh, this is a brand new one, <laughs> be sure yeah. to post, you know, brand new <laughs> issue that you're dealing with. We'd, of course, love to hear about it. And um, I hope that uh, hope that that you start going up on the upswing and that these long-term side effects start going away and that you get back Thank to you. as much as Thank full health as too. possible. Yeah. 
So Thanks glad you're well enough to join us today. And hello to your cat who's joined us at the very end. Yeah. Which one is this? That's Jesse James. Jesse. Well, Jesse, yeah. nice to meet you. Right. We'll take care of yourself. <laughs> Thank you so Jen. much, Jen. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, ladies. Bye right. bye. Ciao. Closing out our show today, we have some tips provided by another COVID survivor, read to you by our producer, Denise Naughton. COVID is spreading fast and it's getting worse by the day. For those of you who want to be as prepared as possible, here are my tips in case you or a family member gets COVID. Number one, most important, get a pulse ox now. They cost maybe $20 on Amazon. Try it out in advance so you know how it works and what your normal readings are. They should be in the high 90s. This little gadget is a lifesaver because it can help you determine whether you need to go to the hospital. Generally, a doctor will tell you to go if it drops below 90. In more normal times, they would probably say low 90s. And note, I am not a doctor. If you are getting low, spend as much time laying on your stomach as possible. It helps you breathe better. Tip number two, stock your medicine cabinet. Mucinex and a lot of water can help you clear your lungs. Tylenol, NyQuil, or whatever you normally take to treat flu-like symptoms. And also, whatever you normally take for GI problems. It's hard to predict how this virus will hit you. Pepsid-AC has shown some benefit for COVID specifically. Maybe filing under the category of can't hurt might help. Number three, take vitamins. There's a lot of speculation on which vitamins are most important. B-complex, C, D, zinc. Get fancy or simply take a good multivitamin and leave it at that. Again, can't hurt might help. Consider starting now before you get sick. Tip number four, get your fluids ready. I highly recommend some drinks with electrolytes. You may go through a period where you have no appetite or you have diarrhea. Yeah, it's common. Or no sense of taste or smell. Or things may taste different. Bad compared to normal. I still can't drink coffee. I loved coffee. You need to stay hydrated. Electrolyte drinks really helped me. And protein shakes were relatively easy to drink when I couldn't eat much. Soup, of course. Lots of soup. Number five, do not work. Tell your boss you are out, period. Isolate yourself from everyone and then rest. Sleep. Focus on getting better. Pay attention to your body and how you feel. Many, many people have long-term effects, so give yourself the best chance for a full, fast recovery by taking this seriously. And if it takes longer, don't blame yourself. Be patient and keep resting. This virus is horrid and completely unpredictable. Find a new show to binge watch for the hours that you're awake. Don't check work email. Don't worry about the laundry. Let the dishes stack up. Rest. Like I said earlier, I'm not a doctor. This is from my own experience, backed by what I'm hearing from other COVID patients, the latest news, and also my doctor. This virus hits everyone differently, so it's hard to predict, but I know most of my friends are being cautious and want to be prepared. Cases are skyrocketing, and it's getting steadily more dangerous to be out. I hope this helps. Stay healthy.